Sign up to The Economist for in-depth curated expert analysis of world events and topics ranging from business and culture to science and technology. You'll get the weekly digital edition, online-only articles, curated newsletters on politics, the markets, science, culture and China and full access to The Economist Podcast Plus. The Economist is independent journalism for independent thinking. Go to economist.com and get your first month free. I I am I am swinging from a seven-story window Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell It's just turning the legs I'll go Yes, it is me. It is me. I am back. I am here. I am live. Thank you to each and every one of you who tune in week after week after week to watch me fumble through roughly an hour-long libertarian podcast where I talk to some of the greatest minds in the libertarian party and the liberty movement. Thank you to each and every one of you for tuning in. Uh, First and foremost, allow me to thank the wonderful and fantastic people at siestacava.com siestacava.com if you are one of the few who has not had the hippie moonshine the libertarian kool-aid swing on by siestacava.com to pick up some today to you and to them to everybody watching and to siestacava bula vinaka this episode of the writer's block is brought to you by my dear personal friend, personal injury attorney, Chris Reynolds, attorney at law. If you happen to want to uh, be a contributing member of the Muddied Waters of Freedom, just go to anchor.fm slash muddied waters and leave a message. And while you're there, 
hit the old donate button and uh, give us money so we can continue bringing you the high-quality programming that you have come to know and love here at Muddied Waters. This episode is also brought to you by the Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus, the fastest-growing waffle-related caucus in the multi in the muddied verse in in the entire muddied verse. If you want to become a member of the Waffle House Caucus, go to muddywatersmedia.com/store and pick up a Libertarian Party Waffle House Caucus button. If you want to become a voting member, all you have to do is pick up a T-shirt. This episode is also brought to you by the most aptly named sponsor we have ever had, Mudwater Coffee Alternative. Uh, it is, it's good. It's mushrooms, you know? It's got masala chai, cacao, mushrooms, turmeric, sea salt, cinnamon, and that is it. If you are one of the many out there who I refer to as psychopaths that want to kick coffee, all you have to do is go to muddiedwatersmedia.com slash mud and make the switch today. This episode is brought to you by the Gravy King. This episode is also brought to you by Jonathan Reels. He is not a real candidate until we reach $5,000, until he reaches $5,000. Uh, so if you go to www.jonathan.cash, you can donate money to Jonathan Reels' campaign and make Jonathan Reels a Reels candidate. So head on over to www.jonathan.cash to make sure he is a real candidate today. This episode is brought to you by Jack Casey. Jack Casey is the fantastic author of these, probably, I don't know, they might be good. They're books. Um, and they're, you know, Game of thrones rip ripoff books, I think. I'm not even 100% sure. Uh, I haven't read them. But people tell me they're good. The cover art is intriguing to say the very least. Uh, what I know about Jack Casey is he is very well-spoken. He is a really beautiful man all the way through. Um, and he, uh, also happens to have the greatest head of hair in the libertarian party. If Spike Cohen had that head of hair, he would probably be president by now. This episode is brought to you by, nope, not that one, by Cumberland Cannabis, the CBD gummies coming from Cumberland area of Tennessee. I don't know if that's a city. I used to live in Tennessee. I have no idea. I think it's an area. Um, you know, the Cumberland Gap. Uh, but yes, yeah, Cumberland Cannabis. Go to cumberlandcannabisco.com to pick up your strawberry or blue raspberry 200 milligram gummies today. And of course, this episode is brought to you by Mr. Joe Soloski. He is the key to Pennsylvania's success. If you or any of your friends live in the Pennsylvania region of the United States, you should vote for Joe Soloski for governor in the upcoming 2022 election. Also, uh, just a fantastic person with the greatest voice running anywhere. Ever. Like, I, I wouldn't even be able to try to uh, imitate his voice because that is how good it is. Okay, that was fun. Uh, I did that in, like, two breaths, and now I'm, like, winded because I'm older than I used to be. Uh, my next guest, my guest tonight is a wonderful, wonderful person. Uh, she obviously cares about people much more than I do because she has spent her entire life trying to save them. Uh, she is an anesthesiologist and more in other things. She is basically the Dr. House of Delaware. So let me just introduce her and she can explain all of the weird medical stuff that she can do that. I don't know what it is, uh, herself. Welcome with me, Dr. Irene Maverick Kakis, everybody. 
Matt. How are you? I am fantastic. How are you? I'm good. Thank you so much for having me on the show. I'm very grateful for this opportunity. I, I am really glad to have you on the show as well. Like normally I get, you know, people who are running for office, people who have other podcasts, things like that. You are probably the most um, formally educated person I've ever had on the show. Well, that's good. <laughs> <laughs> I'll, I'll take that compliment, of course, because I work hard for my education. So thank you for that. Um, it was clearly a long road, but right. it was well worth it, of course. <laughs> it's the house that I don't live in, medical school. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. So... You're, you're a doctor. You work in hospitals. Many people probably don't know this about me, but um, if you were to say, quote a line from a Scrubs episode, my skill set is I can tell you what episode that was in. Um, that's my medical knowledge. And from what I hear, Scrubs is the most medically accurate television show on uh, TV. Or at least it was. Um I definitely think that Scrubs has a lot of accuracy and they use the comedy to show some of the problems that we have in medicine. Um, for me, um, I'm kind of a Grey's Anatomy addict. Okay. Um, and, uh, but Scrubs, definitely the humor speaks truth often. Yeah, um, that, more that. than you really kind of want to know, to be honest with you. So, yeah. Fair. <laughs> Fair. Yeah, no, I, I heard that years ago, and I've just decided that I was going to believe it because, you know, I read it on the Internet, so it had to be true. Um, and well, isn't everything? Every, I mean, obviously, everything. <laughs> yeah. Everything is yes. true. Um, yes. <laughs> um, so I just went with it. I was like, yeah, that's true. That's the most medically yeah. accurate television show ever made. Um, that's how I make my medical decisions with my patients. Like you just, it on the yeah, you yeah. just hit up WebMD and you're like, oh, well, obviously you have cancer and you are dying. So you yeah. only have three and months left. Yeah, and that's my delivery. <laughs> no. <laughs> no. No, that's so. not how you do it. So um, you, you essentially are like Dr. House, right? Like... So, yeah, so um, officially I'm an interventional spine and musculoskeletal specialist. I've been doing that for 21 years in Dover, Delaware. So my primary training is anesthesiology. And then I did secondary fellowship in interventional spine and musculoskeletal pain. So for 21 years, I diagnose and treat complex spine and musculoskeletal conditions in patients using predominantly non-narcotic ways to get them better. So I was a interventional pain physician who did not promote the use of narcotics uh, during the time period where narcotics were promoted to treat musculoskeletal pain because my training taught me that uh, that wasn't the answer. And, uh, you know, as a lot of us, a lot, not just me, we saw the opioid crisis uh, coming, right. to be honest with you. Right. Um, so because, you know, uh, you really, the answer to any painful condition, right? Because pain is the presenting complaint of a medical condition, right? When you have a heart attack and, or you're having chest pain and you go to the ER, right? Um, you don't want them to just give you some Oxycontin and send you home. Clearly. Well, I mean, that depends on when you talk to me. Like if you talk to me 20 yeah. years ago, I'm, yeah, I am I not understand. old enough for that to have happened 20 <laughs> years ago. Um, yeah. But yeah, if you were to talk to me back in my early 20s, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> just give me some Oxycontin. Let me go on my way. Give me some well, and clear, but, 
but clearly you understand my point. Additionally, like if you broke your arm, clearly you wanted them to either, you know, do an open reduction internal fixation of the broken arm or put a cast on you, not just send you home with Oxycontin. So the same goes for musculoskeletal and spinal conditions. The true way to treat a patient, any patient with any painful condition for which the overwhelming majority of conditions present with pain is a proper history and physical running the differential diagnosis and then initiating treatment. Um, so when you say non-narcotic, would that also include, um, like, would you, would you prescribe like marijuana to people or would that, or is that out of your purview anyway? I don't know. So Del- I don't know Delaware's laws. Yeah. So actually we, we should definitely talk about this because I think you might find my stance on marijuana quite interesting. So, um, and I'm not in the minority. Um, I think marijuana should be completely deregulated. And my concern as it relates to medical marijuana and now big pharma getting involved in marijuana and uh, big regulation get involved in marijuana is, and they're manipulating the receptor active activity and things like that and higher concentration is we're going to take a beautiful substance that's a plant that nature provided and we're going to mess with it and we're going to ruin it. So for me, marijuana is a plant that grows in the grass or wherever it would grow and it should go completely deregulated. We should get medicine, big pharma and the controllers completely out of it. So I tend to get a little frustrated to be honest with you when we, I do join the movement of, you know, allowing marijuana to be used for medical purposes and things like that. But I don't think that that's the ultimate truth of the substance. I think the truth is is that it's a plant. You know, I was reading recently about tobacco. I mean, the big part about tobacco is the filters were a big part of the problem with the cancer and the chemicals. You know, I mean, clearly the manipulation of the receptors and the nicotine content. So I'm saying for the most part that we should just you know, leave the marijuana plant alone and let it grow. Right. No, absolutely. And I absolutely agree. Like everybody talks about legalization and I am like, yes, of course, I, I don't want people going to prison uh, or, you know, being stopped by police or fined or anything like that for marijuana. Um, I, I am more for deregulated where if you have it and you use it, great. If you don't, okay, well also like you should be able to have the right to, uh, Purchase it at any store without any issue. Um, And you shouldn't be able to be arrested for it or fined or punished in any way. Uh, That's my that's my personal stance. I don't think we need to worry about legalizing it because once you legalize it, that's when you get regulations on it. That's when big companies come in and start lobbying in order to make sure that only certain companies can have it. So you'll have issues where. Philip Morris, for instance, I don't know if they're actually working on this or not. It would not surprise me. Uh, is going to you know, try to lobby for only certain people can sell it, uh, can sell it nationally or sell it in Seven Elevens or whatever, and you'll have smaller businesses who have been working on their on growing, uh, growing and cultivating and whatever else you do with marijuana before it gets into the bowl. Um, they're going to be just kind of having to sell to Philip Morris if they want to make any money, or they're going to have to uh, just struggle to survive in a much smaller market. Right, exactly. And it really is a plant that nature provided. Exactly. Exactly. They're going to ruin it. 
I, I talk about this pretty often on the writer's block, but uh, one of the ways that Muddied Waters got started, Muddied Waters Media got started, is because uh, here in Florida, they were trying to ban Kratom. And I don't know if you know what Kratom is. I'm not sure. Okay. Yeah. Um, they were trying to ban Kratom. And I, when I quit drinking uh, alcohol and stopped doing drugs and all that, um, I started drinking Kratom and Kava as just a place to go and hang out where I wouldn't get you know, hammered or I wouldn't get blitzed out of my mind or anything like that, but it gave me a social outlet. And they, um, they were trying to ban Kratom here in Florida. So I went and I spoke in front of, uh, in front of our Congress, our, our house, the Florida house of representatives talking about why we shouldn't get rid of it, why it's necessary. And they ended up not banning it. But from that stemmed muddied waters because we wanted to protect Kava and Kratom throughout the United States, uh, specifically here in Florida, because that's where we lived. Um, but it's because it, and I didn't want it regulated. I didn't want it to be, you know, scheduled in any way. I just wanted it to be left alone and people could buy it and they had to make the right decisions. Like I, when people asked me about it, I said, don't buy it from gas stations. Don't buy it from head shops, go places where you know that you're going to get a high quality product. I will give you a list of people that you can uh, buy it from that you can trust. And people, you know, people did it. And so far, Kratom is okay. Like, it's still it's still unregulated, and you can still get it. It's harder to get, but you still can. I find that very interesting, and I haven't really read that much about it, but just yesterday, literally, I think the FDA tweeted about Kratom. <laughs> oh, good. Yeah. Oh, good. I haven't looked into it in years because I'm still... like we're in the middle of five thousand other things, and I, I don't even know. I clearly wouldn't go looking for that tweet. Right. <laughs> and yeah. I clearly didn't read anything else after that. But what's funny is the uh, so the FDA banned it um, back in I want to say 20, 2015, I think. Uh, okay. I, I think they did for like a month, and they got so much backlash they reversed it. Um, and it's only like the, it's one of the few times that they had banned a substance and then reversed it to the point where they're like, no, just take it off. Let's get rid of that. But the guy who's in charge of the FDA at the time, he sat on the board of, uh, I haven't had to look at any of this up in a long time. Glaxo Klein Smith, I think is the name of the company. Yeah. And they had just, uh, gotten a patent on synthetic mitrogen speciosa which is, that's the active ingredient in Kratom. And they had just gotten the uh, patent for it. And then he banned it like the next day. And, yeah, I mean, clearly that's coincidental and has nothing to do with each other. Right, yeah, no, absolutely nothing to do with each other on that one. Um, I just realized yeah. that you are slightly over me. You, you, what? You, you took a, up just a tiny bit of my thing and that's totally fine because, you know, you deserve all of the, uh, you deserve all of the space that you can get. Well, you know, it's funny. The only reason why I know about it is because a patient mentioned it to me who I, and I always have learned over my 21 years that I'll pretty much listen to anything that they tell me and uh, have an open mind. And I am completely a different physician than I was 21 years. It's always continuous learning. I learn from my patients and I consume a vast amount of articles. Um, <laughs> Um, my spare time. So completely, completely off any topic that we were talking about. Should I get the vaccine? 
So as a licensed physician, um, I uh, ethically am not allowed to tell you, a non-patient, what to do about vaccines okay. because I'm not considered an expert. I can, you can ask me whether or not I'm getting the vaccine. Are you getting the vaccine? No, I'm not getting the vaccine. Okay. Well, you know what? That's really, that is a bigger, uh, that speaks louder volumes than you saying, well, that depends. Like, are you planning on like trying, attempting to have a child soon? Do you have any issues with when asking me a lot of personal questions on the internet? Um, but, but that one speaks a lot louder than, uh, anything that Fauci can say in a congressional hearing. Um, because it still is uh, a right of mine as a citizen of the United States to verbalize the fact that I am not having the vaccine. I could have also said that my personal health information is none of your business, which is usually my answer. Right. But and I, I kind of like you, Matt. So I I, and I appreciate that. That's, <laughs> a, that's actually my answer whenever anybody asks me. Like somebody, yeah. somebody will say... Uh, are you going to get the vaccine? And I'll say, did you get the HPV vaccine? Or did you, you know, or when was the last time you yeah. had an HIV test? Uh, yeah, well, yeah, exactly. And, you know, just uh, for a point of reference, um, so I trained in New York City and Manhattan during the height of the AIDS epidemic. Um, so when I was a surgical intern in St. Vincent's in Manhattan in the 93 through 95 was when we had death wards of AIDS patients. And, um, there was no treatment at the time. Um, it was a death sentence and it was a hundred percent, you know, death likely right, yeah, if you, uh, yeah. if you got it. And, and I went into that situation, me and my fellow physicians, um, with no mask and a bad pair of latex gloves, which I eventually became allergic to. And, um, we, we did not, you know, shut down the world for this. And, I fully recognize that it's a different uh, theoretical type of transmission. But in the beginning, we really didn't you know did, that. Yeah, there was no way to know. Yeah, and I was in the OR with my hands while the main surgeon is suturing in end-stage age patients because they would have horrible opportunistic infections, what they're called, you know, because their immune system didn't work, so they'd get tuberculosis in the brain, right. pneumocystis pneumonia, and things like that. And um, it's uh, something that's uh, ingrained in my memory. And it's interesting because my years at St. Vincent's Hospital in Manhattan are so remarkable because I was a fourth year medical student when the Twin Towers were bombed the first time. Do you remember that there was a bomb in the basement of the Twin Towers the first time? Right. Yeah. Uh, there was like a, it was like a truck parked in the uh, lower level. Yes. Yeah. 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 And I... And I volunteered to stay and I got to do arterial blood, blood gases, which is a terribly painful procedure to monitor carbon uh, monoxide, dioxide poisoning, all this stuff, right? right. See, I can't even remember. I'm so, and um, carbon monoxide. Yes. yes. And on uh, firefighters in New York City. So I'm like this, I look younger than I do now. I'm 53. I always look young. And, um, you know, they I, were like, who are you? And I'm like, I'm going to do a very painful procedure to measure uh important things in your blood and they really gave me a hard time um but uh you know that was uh just an amazing experience during my time at st vincent's in manhattan and that, so much that's insane that you were like you were there at that i was there yeah that, i was there that's crazy 
I'm born in, I'm, I was born in Lenox Hospital. I grew up in Queens. I went to NYU undergrad. I trained at St. Vincent's Hospital during my third and fourth medical school years and my first and second year of surgery residency because originally I was going to be a cardiothoracic surgeon and then I switched for lifestyle because I thought that I clearly would never be able to see the kids I eventually would have and actually ever go to a soccer game. So I changed to a more outpatient-based specialty. But uh, yes, I have, you know, sawed open the chest and things like that. And I was on episodes of Trauma Center Life in the Ear during its first season. Oh, wow. That's really... Yeah, I never... I forgot to tell people about that. <laughs> that's actually... Re that's really cool. I, um... Yeah. I used to... <laughs> I can't believe I'm about to admit this on the air and Sarah is oh, going to hear it. Um, when I was single and a heavy drinker in my mid twenties, we'll say, um, I uh -oh. used to dress up in scrubs and tell people that I was a pediatric <laughs> cardiovascular surgeon and I would go in and talk about the life that I lost on the table to pick up women. Yeah, I don't think anyone believed you. <laughs> you would be Was surprised. A, um, did they really? Yeah. Did they really? Yeah. I'm just being. I'm being. I'm being hard. On you. I'm <laughs> sure you were. I'm sure you were quite convinced. I would have believed you. Yeah, I could make myself appear really sad, and then they wouldn't ask any questions after that. And uh, yeah, so that that oh. that is my uh having been a cardiothoracic surgeon in my lifetime so uh how many women were you successful with with that little we don't gig? we we don't <laughs> need to discuss that okay that's like personal medical information <laughs> my personal pickup information is private right but yeah, you opened this door. You know, I, I did. Let the record show that you opened this door for I, me. I fully admit, I fully admit <laughs> that I opened the door, but I am closing it once we get to, you know, certain numbers. Um, uh, I respect your wishes. <laughs> we'll, we'll change this. Turn the page. Let's move on. So, um, so you, you grew up in Queens. Uh, you lived in New York. Uh, how is it that somebody from Queens became a libertarian? Well, yes, of course, I'm a born and raised New York Times reading New York Democrat, right? My parents are right. uh, immigrants. Um, and I would like to talk about my mom being a Lebensborn child when we get a chance, but we'll, we can get to that later. Um, and then actually, I um, was very apolitical for a very long time and was a registered Republican for 21 years, but not really political. But uh, I would say I've been a closet libertarian probably 10 years or so. Okay. Um, was heavily involved in just locally trying to campaign for the Gary Johnson uh, campaign, putting signs up in a place like Delaware, you know. Right. But I tried. I was on Slack, and I met some of the regional guys. I wanted to get on the health committee. You know, I really did try, and I did a lot of social media. And then I realized that um, the polls – that the, the national media do are completely manipulated and inaccurate. And actually, you know, yeah. they absolutely make no sense whatsoever and uh, started to wake up as it relates to uh, what really goes on in politics and duopoly. And then uh, really got involved a lot the last year with the Joe Jorgensen campaign. And then 
really the part that really motivated me to be much more active was when I was Spike's driver when he was here in the fall. Yeah, that's so awesome. I that, Yeah. Like, he he has a way. He has a way, and I'm not saying yeah. this because, you know, he's like my best friend and business partner. I'm not saying this at all. But I was his driver in Florida, which I was like, I am not your chauffeur. Like, come on. Um, but we had some people. It's <laughs> so funny that we were his driver. <laughs> we had people in the car with us. And, like, I talk to Spike all the time. Like, I, I said this on Clubhouse yesterday. I was like, yeah, I'm not, like, impressed by the Spike show because I've heard it for years now. And, you yeah. know, like, yes, he has a lot of really great things to say. And I love the way that he says it. But I've heard it. Um, I've heard it all. Um, but other people that would come with me to these events hadn't. And they would be like, so what is the uh, libertarian fo- philosophy or policy on this or on this or on this? And he's just rattling them off. And even I was like, God, this is impressive. Like these people have asked me these questions and I'm like, shut up. I don't want to talk to you about this. Um, but he's like, just rolls right off the tongue. Yeah. And I'm like, it, it's really impressive to watch, uh, especially when you're the driver, because you're just sitting there. You have no choice. Yeah, it was a great experience. It was uh, with uh, him and LeQuinn. Um, I had a little bit of an agenda. I wanted to give him some medical information as it relates to what's going on and things like that. Literally was handing him articles and stuff like that. <laughs> probably a little bit annoying. Um, probably not. Actually, like knowing actually, him, he's probably, he was probably like, oh my God, more information for me to ingest. Yeah. yeah like I handed him his red lobster in an article and he was like fumbling with this article that I had printed out in his red lobster. Clearly he wanted the red lobster more than the article, but Fair. It, it worked out. And, uh, and actually, Liberty Speaks came to my mind for that event that he had in Dover, Delaware. I was kind of thinking about the idea of Liberty Speaks, and that was kind of what uh, launched the idea in my head. Literally, it was just an idea in my head. So, man, you should actually co-host uh, Muddied Waters of Freedom with me because that's the greatest segue, I think, that muddied waters media has ever had um so actually let's talk about you're too you're too kind it was so not deliberate either it's just have you ever seen like i know you've seen our show i've seen you like when you sign in and um yeah there's times where we're like speaking of looks at next article (laughs) how can we relate this no idea you just like seamlessly like threw in liberty speaks and it's like wow that's just well Great. Now I don't have to worry about how we're going to get there. Um, oh, good. We got there. We, so I'm grateful for that. So Liberty Speaks yeah. is an organization that you started. Uh, so last year, I'm guessing, it, when he did the Dover trip, which I don't know when that was. Uh, well, no, it's actually not an organization. Uh, Liberty oh. Speaks. Yeah, it's interesting. It's uh, libertarian in its essence, right? Right. Because Liber- Liberty Speaks is just an event. That a group of us libertarians decided to do privately with a winery to have a fundraiser to benefit the Libertarian Party of Delaware. It's quintessential libertarianism at its best. Okay. So when I was when when I was doing research, I did not have like I had minimal notes on what we were going to talk about. Again, uh, Brian, who gives me the notes and books the show, does a fantastic job. But said uh, founder of Liberty Speaks, and I was like. In my head, I just immediately thought that's an organization, and I was trying to find anything on it that, like, any 
like a website or anything. And I was just like, okay, well, I'm just going to have to ask her. And it makes sense yes. that it's not an organization, but instead it's an event. That makes so much sense now. Okay, cool. Um, yeah. Um, it might, you could have just messaged me on Facebook. I would have yeah, I know, but you know, <laughs> it fills five minutes. Um, yeah. Yeah. I would have answered you right away. <laughs> I mean, maybe I would have made you something. Well, you know, no, it's fine. Um, no, actually, it's just an idea, and it's remarkable um, what a core group of 15 to 20 people have done to put on this event. So now I have a project manager, a producer, a sound guy, a graphics person, vice chairman, secretary. We will actually make Liberty Speaks into an organization when okay. we have time, but we've been so busy with actually producing the event um, that that came uh, secondly. So it it is libertarianism at its best. We're just doing it with this local winery called Pizzadilly, and it's on June 4th, and uh, the speakers are just absolutely epic. We have yeah. the 5K. I, I was going to say, I have, I, I've got the list here of the entire, of the entire speaking list. You've got um, you, Jen Moore, who was on my show last week. She's fantastic. She was great to talk to. Uh, I really enjoyed that conversation. Steve Sheets, who's wonderful. Sam Chick, Glenn Watson, uh, Christy Dill Brownlee, Dale Thomas. Dale Thomas? Okay. I wanted to make sure that wasn't a typo on my part. And I was like, uh-oh, did I misspell this? Dale Thomas, Mitch Denham. You've got the master of time, space, and the universe, Anthony Samaroff, which honestly... <laughs> When you get the master of time, space, and the universe, you're going places. Like, this is going to be big. Uh, can, I, yeah, can I just tell you, on Facebook, he circled it, and he said something like, see, it really is up to me, and I, I couldn't. Yeah, I, I, I actually saw that on the page, <laughs> and I went, well, I have to bring this I, up. Yeah, I could stop laughing. Actually, we chat on Facebook now all the time through Messenger because I've gotten to know him, and um, he's staying at my home for two days when he comes. So. Um, Angela McArdle, who I had on my show a couple of weeks ago, she's wonderful. I really like her. Uh, Michael Heiss, Maj Tori, and then some other guy. Um, <laughs> could you just say it already? And Spike Cohen is going to be yeah. there. Um, apparently he ran for something in 2020. I don't know. I wasn't paying attention. Um, but yeah, like this is a fantastic list of speakers that you have here. Um, honestly, like I was like, when I was doing the research for tonight's episode, like I found, I found the event and, uh, I saw the list of speakers and I was just like staring at it. And my friend was across from me and she was like, she was like, why are your eyes wide? I was like, because the list of speakers at this event, and she goes, do I know any of them? I go, you know Spike. And she goes, anybody else? I went, no, you don't know. You don't know anybody else because you're not in the libertarian politics. But, um, yeah, I was like, no, but trust me, it's a fantastic list. And then uh, David Richard Perry is going to be uh, doing music there. Yeah, he's also a friend of mine. That's the running joke because in Delaware, everybody kind of knows everybody, and well, I yeah, get the, to know it's a the lot size of people. Of a county. Yeah. <laughs> Yeah, I thought Delaware is what you drove through to get to Virginia before I moved here. But I grew up in Virginia. Is, <laughs> that's it was the county. It was Delaware County to me, and that's what I drove through to go to Philly. Yeah, it, but actually, I raised my kids here. I've been here since 1999, and um, the musician was uh, pretty well known with a band, you know, ten years ago or so. And this is his uh, comeback. 
Um, I work with him in the OR and um, he's a wonderful musician and I'm just so excited that we're able to bring this opportunity. And as it relates to the speakers, I must say that these speakers, we really were able to obtain by a collective um, aggressive attempt to get these people to speak by my core team of people who I call my family now, um, which is just remarkable because a year ago I didn't know any of these people. Right. And that, that has been one of the most miraculous things about uh, me being in the Liberty movement. Um, so many people like Spike and I, we met on the internet. Um, it was a Craigslist ad. Uh, he answered it and, and you know, we just, you don't need to hear that story, but um, no, we met on the internet. Uh, we became friends on Facebook and then we just kind of started chatting like in on Facebook. And then one day I was just like, Hey, do you want to fill in? Do you want to do a show on my channel? And he went, yes. And then like, this is how I've gained probably most of my closest friends is just being a libertarian on the internet, uh, who talks a couple times a week to whoever wants to watch me. Um, and that's how I have actually gotten my friends and the people that I consider to be my family across the entire globe at this point. Um, and it's absolutely amazing. So real quick on a, on David Perry, is he a doctor? No, he works in the OR with me, but he's not a doctor. Uh, There's a lot of people that work in the OR with me, but that would be interesting. His, yeah. Cause his initials are DR. That's hysterical, and I never thought of it. Yeah, so if he was a doctor, I was like, man, like, that guy just, he knew his yeah, life path. he knew. Like, my initials are MR Wright, so I'm Mr. Wright, and obviously I lived up to it. But uh, he... <laughs> <laughs> Clearly, I understand that. <laughs> I'll make a note. Yeah. He is always right. Yeah. <laughs> uh, I, Sarah, I'm Mr. Wright. Uh, for yeah. her, uh, for nobody else. <laughs> Sorry, ladies, just her. Yeah. Um, but, but yeah, um, no, like I, I was reading this, I was reading this, uh, list and I was like, man, because earlier today you asked if I could come out and live stream the event and I am unable to, um, unfortunately, because I looked up the list afterwards and I went, Oh God, I wish I could go so bad. Because that would be amazing. Well, and you really can stay in my house. I do have I, room. Yeah, I appreciate that. <laughs> and um, it's not far from the event because I'm actually in the southern part of the state and I'm one of the few that live close to the event. But um, I think we're already talking about next year. And, you know, we uh, started this a little bit late and um, the rest of the team absolutely um, saved uh, this event, um, because, uh, you know, I'm a pie in the sky kind of gal. So I set my sights high and I kept adding a lot of stuff. <laughs> there was a point where they literally sat me down and yeah, I, I was going to, you stop adding stuff because we haven't done all the stuff. I was, uh, yeah, was going to say, uh, I have an idea in my brain. They're like, Oh no, she oh, has no, an more idea. ideas. I get that. <laughs> yeah. I, I, I am the person that's going, oh, no, please stop giving ideas because we have so much to do. And other people are like, I have this other idea. I'm like, no, shut up, please. But, yeah, you guys. So it's a free event and it's happening. Yes. 
It's happening at uh, Pizza Dilly. Am I saying that right? Pizza Dilly? Pizza Dilly Winery in Belton, Delaware. Right. Pizza Dilly uh, Winery um, in... What's the name of the city again? I thought I had it here, but apparently I missed that when I was doing it. Belton, Delaware. I clearly would say it's not a city. It's a area. Town. It's an area. It's a region. Um. And it's, 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 it's a wonderful place. And um, Delaware up north is very city-like. And the lower part of Delaware is just an amazing place to raise your family. And I've been welcomed here for 21 years. And I feel like... I'm a Delawarean always, and uh, it's just a wonderful place to raise your family. Right. No, I mean, and uh, tech, still uh, sales tax-free, right? Yeah, so no no state, um, you know, purchasing tax, Purch- right? Right. So, yeah. Yeah. So we pay income tax and things like that. Um, but, uh, yeah, so if something is 99 cents, you get a penny back. Right. Yeah, when so yeah. when I lived in Virginia and we'd go up to Philly, because uh, my sister's, oh, my sister, my younger sister lives in Philly, uh, I would drive up there regularly, a couple times a month to hang out, and I would always stop in Delaware to go to the Costco right off 95, because they had a liquor store and there was no sales tax, so obviously the liquor was going to be cheaper in Delaware than in Pennsylvania or Virginia, so it just made sense. I was going to be driving right by it, may as well. So I was constantly at that Costco in uh, whatever city that is in Delaware, off 95, right before you get to Philly. Yeah, I've been there. Again, <laughs> Delaware's small, so we may have been there together, you know. Possibly, yeah, that's a strong it, possibility. It um, yeah. But you guys are going to be having uh, vendor tables, advertising packages. Uh, are all of those booked yet, or are we still trying to find people for these? We already have a lot booked. Um, we're still open for tables and uh, sponsorship. The event itself is uh, sponsored by the Libertarian Party of Delaware and okay. Anthem Planning, which is um, Amy and Dylan's business. And uh, uh, we're so grateful for all their work and all their support. And there'll be wine tasting and uh, the local fire company felton fire company is going to have homemade ice cream and we're going to have volleyball and games and um it's a hundred acre winery um and i really was there drinking plum wine today and um yeah i saw there was something going on there today too when i was scrolling and i was like i don't here we go (laughs) it was great um so uh, not only are you going to have everything that you just mentioned, but there's also a Liberty Liberty Run from one to three. Yeah, which yeah is so Liberty Runs. A 5K, is, is that correct? Yes. And I like how you, I like, I like the description where you said sweat it out or take a stroll on the picturesque grounds of the vineyard. Because I know that when I'm about to get my wine drink on, what I want to do right beforehand is sweat it out. That's what that's my goal right there. Yeah, I love the verbiage. I don't know. I don't remember who actually wrote that, so I apologize yeah, to I mean, them for not remembering that. But and, I think it's just perfect. In all, and we have some, in all honesty, I would run it. I would run the 5K. I would run the 3.2 miles so I could get done with it as quick as possible so that way I could start drinking. If I still, oh, I if just, I still drank, I just can't wait till you come next year or 
Well, I'm about to start flying lessons. I went up on Tuesday with a friend just to see if I liked it. So I guess I could try and come get you. Where are you? Uh, I'm in St. Petersburg, Florida. Um, I'm not sure. <laughs> we'll see. Um, but yeah, I went up on a plane on Tuesday. I posted the video on Facebook. That's my new uh, list of things that I'm going to do. Be- become a, a pilot? Yeah, and just uh, maybe get a, you know, small plane. It's very freeing. Oh, I, I, I could only imagine how freeing that would be. Um, yeah, yeah. I, I actually I saw the video that you posted on Facebook, and I was like, that is amazing, because that's something, like, I've kind of wanted to do in my lifetime, um, but never had the means in order to do it. Um, cause you know, other things were more important in my twenties. It was drinking and drugs. Now it's yeah other things. Um, but, uh, yeah, I saw that and I was like, that is amazingly cool because I can only imagine that that would be one of the most free feelings ever, ever. Like just to be up there in the sky, you're not really worried about cops really because can't pull you over um and you can just kind of fly and as long as you give them your itinerary i think you can just kind of go and then come back and land whenever you want yeah it was a great experience and you know i'm 53 years old and i you know have worked raised two children i have a 25 and an 18 year old and i would say just this past year i have had the freedom you know my daughter just finished her freshman year of college So, um, you know, I have a lot of things that um, I've always wanted to do. And it's interesting because I was with another physician who was the pilot, uh, actually. And the thing is, is that there's a lot of physicians that fly. And I think it's a combination of our personalities, but also like we're very kind of checklisty, obsessive beings, right? I'm very particular, especially as it relates to patient care, um, typical type A, um, you know, so I think it makes sense to me. We were kind of talking about that, but we were talking so much. This is so funny. You know, we're by the Dover Air Force Base, right? right. And um, and I actually know a lot of the airmen because I'm one of the preferred providers for the base for conditions. So I know a lot of the airmen on the base, right? So we're talking and talking and um, all of a sudden he goes, oh, crap. And he takes <laughs> and he makes this quick turn to the left and he does acrobatics but I said don't do that with me in this thing you know and I'm I said what's the matter he's like we're a little close to the airbase airspace and I'm like and later he went because he can see and it was about a mile oh wow from it and I said (laughs) ah that's okay I would have said hey Dr. Mavs hey guys it's just Dr. Mavs please don't shoot us down you know because that I can't take care of you <laughs> if you shoot us down. It's, it's but, just um, me. It's fine. <laughs> it's just me. It's fine. It's just me. I honestly had no idea what I was doing, and I did not know that I just broke federal laws. Uh, but we tr- didn't. We didn't. We did not. We were a mile away. Right. But, but he, he, it was like, I didn't know what was going on because he told me afterwards. Because he was like, oh, crap. <laughs> What it was a great it was great it was such a wonderful experience yeah so I just pretty much have had freedom this past year to live my life no I mean and that that is amazing and that's the goal that everybody I mean everybody should be working toward freedom their whole lives but you know we're not there yet um, uh, we're not there yet somebody said you can't get pulled over but you can get shot down touche 
Touche, yeah. Patricia. That's good point. Um, but um, yeah, everybody should be working toward freedom their whole lives. Like it, it kind of sucks that we work a lot trying to fight for our freedoms. And I'm not saying that you know nobody should have to work because yes, you have to work because you need to make money to buy things and pay for rent and buy houses so you can provide. Um, but in order to work toward what you what it is that you're going for without the government being on top of you in every little detail of your life. Like, you know, whether it's you want to smoke weed, you should be able to smoke weed. If you want to get rip-roaring drunk, uh, you should be able to do that, which you pretty much can anywhere, um, except in the city where they make Jack Daniels, oddly enough. Um, I tried. Um, <laughs> Not surprised. They did not let me. Uh, if you go to the Jack Daniels distillery tour, fun fact, um, you will, uh, they will give you lemonade at the end of the tour, and the only way they will sell you alcohol is if you buy a commemorative bottle that is much more expensive than buying Jack Daniels at your local liquor store. Interesting. Yeah. Um, just so if anybody is ever up in Tennessee and wants to do that tour, don't expect Jack. Uh, the lemonade is quite tasty though. I've had it a bunch. Um, so somewhere to go, somewhere to go right. put on my list. It, and it's, re- it's actually really cool. And the site that they do it on is beautiful because they have like this, um, this mountain stream, this mountain river that goes right through and that's where they get the water to make Jack Daniels. And it's, oh, really? yeah, it's really picturesque. Like it, there's a lot of really cool things that you can learn there. But, uh, yeah, I don't drink anymore, so I, and I've seen it, uh, so I don't need to (laughs) go back, but I recommend anybody that wants to go visit it, do it. It's really cool. Um, so this event is happening on next Friday. Yes. Yes. Next Friday. I had to think about what today was, uh, next Friday, June 4th, um, the run starts at one o'clock. Are people supposed to be there at like noon or do you want people to be there early or just show up at one and just start running? They should be there a few minutes okay. before. And I have a welcome event with wine and cheese for the speakers before that. Oh, cool. Um, uh, yes. And if you came, you could, I'm just kidding. <laughs> I'm just kidding. I would, I would, I would honestly love to come. I would, uh, you know, it's, it's, it's a financial issue. I'm just issue. kidding. I'm so sorry. Please <laughs> forgive me. I'm a total empath. I hate to bother people. If enough people donate to Muddy Waters or send money to uh, muddiedwatersmedia.com or nope, sorry, yes. muddiedwatersmedia at paypal.com. Uh, if yes, send enough money, I will fly up there to live stream this event. Um, yes and yes okay crowdsource go ahead say it again donate to donate send money via paypal to muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com and if we get enough for me to purchase tickets to go to dover delaware dover i'd have to go to dover correct you'd have to unfortunately go to philadelphia this we pick you up fair okay like and this is going to be a two for win because I would get to live stream this event and make my sister angry because I wouldn't go and visit her um, because I would be busy doing other things. Uh, yeah, and you, wait, you have to bring your lovely wife with you. So earlier today, uh, <laughs> Irene said that I should bring my lovely wife with me to Delaware and super fan Sarah Andreg and I are not married. I'm 
so sorry that I married you. You're not the first person to have done this. Many people think that we're married, and um, she gets called my wife a lot. And my favorite is when people call her Mrs. Wright, and she gets all giddy. She's like, <laughs> And yeah, you guys is so adorable, and your pictures are so sweet in your profile. Yeah. And honestly, that's 100% her. If it was just a picture, <laughs> I'm libertarian married, Meg Jones says. Yes, that's accurate, because um, the state ain't telling me who to marry. Uh, but yeah, that's all her. If it was just me in the picture, it'd be like, that dude's kind of creepy looking. But you throw her in there, and it's like, oh my god, they're so cute together. Because she just like, oh yeah, she brings She's... it all down. She just is so sweet in the picture, obviously. Oh, yeah. 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 She's so sweet you in real tell. life. Yeah. No, yeah. She, she is also an empath, much like yourself. And she just cares for people in a way that I don't understand. And um, she, like, just yeah. wants, she wants to be out there helping. I want to help people be free, but then I want them to take the reins and do it themselves. She wants to help people all the way, and it is amazing to watch. And it's um, just very, what's the right word? Inspiring. Like, it's it's inspiring, and it makes me want, like, I told her before we started dating that she made me want to be a better person, and I have worked on that since that time to be a better person, and I hope every day that I make her proud, and she tells me that I do, but... Oh. Thank you for sharing that with us. She's a um, dirty that's so lovely. Um. No, uh, you know, I actually friended her, uh, asked to be her friend on Facebook and she accepted. So I was really happy about yeah. that. And then I just quickly, I was actually still at work and I saw a little bit about just briefly what she did, but you know, us empaths, um, we kind of can understand each other, even if it's like, I'm a, healer that happens to be a physician right you see and um yep. so you know i think that um the world needs us and uh as it relates to really liberty speaks um just if i could just talk about the real <laughs> intent of the event um i was going to get to that eventually we just kept going off no. of these different offshoots no, no, I'm not. No, we're good. I just came to my mind. Um, we're good. I know you would. We're, it's fine. <laughs> Don't feel bad. Don't be, I'm an empath and I feel bad. Because it's like, like, wait, I have to digress. When my kids got in trouble with me, right, and they knew I was upset, they would later tell me, because then I would be upset that I got upset at them. Right. Like good, good Greek guilt kind of stuff. And they would try to behave more because it bothered them because they knew I was upset that I got upset with them. Like they were good because they didn't want me to be upset about being upset with them. So these poor children. You are um, definitely but, so lucky I was not your child because I would not have been that way. <laughs> so all my kids are just absolutely wonderful and they're so incredibly smart and successful. My son's in grad school, my daughter's in college and they're just wonderful. But I really wanted to just briefly, the Liberty Speaks part of it. For me, I really believe that what unites humanity is far greater than what divides us. I think that we're um, kind of 
exposed to a lot of propaganda and forced to talk about, you know, the five hot topics. Um, I don't think anybody disagrees with life, liberty, and the pursuit of happiness. Um, and I think that, especially in Delaware, um, for Liberty Speaks, there's a liberty movement that comes from all political spectrums. For example, um, and it was really funny because one of uh, the first five speakers was uh, a guy named Sam Chick, who's a Republican. And uh, he said to me, you do know I'm a Republican. Like that was what he said to me. I'm like, yes, but he had a good story, um, kept his business open. I'll let him tell the story at the event and things like that. And a lot of other stories. And, you know, we have uh, a couple of other organizations um, that have Republican leanings and things like that. And I was actively involved in Rank the Vote, which is a different way of voting. I'm not sure you're that familiar. So that's what Kristen and Dale are talking about. Uh, Rank the Vote Delaware is an organization. And Rank the Vote Delaware is incredibly progressive leaning. The progressives push for it. But I think us libertarians have a lot in common with progressives. And I made friends and really wonderful relationships with a whole bunch of progressives. My children are progressive as well. And, um, you know, we were able to have some wonderful conversations about how the world can be a better place. Uh, I think if we would just listen to our own hearts and minds, really, like, I'm not just saying this, like, I live this in my own heart and mind. I think we really can make the world a better place and shut down um, the few uh, controlling, duopoly, manipulative, partisan politic narrative that has really ruined this country. So, and then I didn't even know about my caucus. I'm part of the caucus. And I didn't even know about it until I read the platform. I'm like, where was this been all my life? Like, I clearly believe that if people actually knew what libertarian is, they would be like, okay, well, there's nothing here. Um, that I don't agree with. So Liberty Speaks, you know, and we just found out that it can be live streamed and it's going to be videotaped and it's going to be, you know, mass promoted is really for us to talk to ourselves, right? Right. With the most brilliant minds in the liberty movement, both locally and nationally. Right. Right. And Spike. And to, and Spike. <laughs> Yay, Spike. <laughs> and to uh, show ourselves, ourselves, that really what unites us is far greater than what divides us. And I made sure that I talked to each speaker so they know the premise of the event. And um, really, it's my attempt at trying to make a world the better place. And, you know, I, I commend you for that, because there's a lot of people in, well, the world in general, but there's a lot of people in the Libertarian Party uh, that I have met over the years. And because I joined officially, I joined the party in 20, January of 2014, I think. Um, and they, um, you know, they talk a lot about how we need to do something. You know, something needs to be done, but nobody is willing to show up to actually do anything. Like, they won't take the reins. They won't take the reins to, like, start something or to, you know, plan an event or, you know, set up for an event or break down an event or you know, do any work whatsoever. Um, there's a lot of people out there like that, but they are the first to complain that there's not enough of these things happening. So you going out to just say, you know what, Liberty Speaks, it's going to be an event, we're going to have it at the uh, 
Pizza Deli, Pizza Pizza Deli, Pizza Deli, Pizza Deli, Pizza Deli Vineyard and Winery. Um, that we're gonna have it there. We're gonna get some of the best speakers in the Libertarian Party, and we are going to spread the message of liberty, even if it's only within our close circle and anybody else who happens to be there. And we are going to make sure that minds are changed and that we can show how we can make a difference because that is more impressive than what so many other people are able to do. Um, Whether it's, there are people who run for office that just put their name on a ballot and that's it. Like they paper candidates and they're just like, if I'm just being a libertarian that's running and then that's all they do. They don't actually go out and spread the message. Um, And in some races, I understand I'm not knocking anybody that's done that. Uh, But in some races, but you need to get out there to spread the message so that way people can uh, learn about it, they can hear about it, and then they can make the decision on whether or not libertarianism is right for them, you know, because, you know, freedom. Um, If freedom's good for you, I don't know, Um, (laughs) because some people apparently hate it. Uh, But you going out to do this shows that you are already an extremely hard worker who cares about liberty, and I respect it so much. Um, uh, I respect it so much, and I applaud you for your uh, tenacity and your putting this together, because I, I really wish that I could be there. Uh, again, people, paypal.com muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com and if you give me enough money I will go to this event and I will live stream it uh, on Muddied Waters and other platforms Uh, well I'm going to actively campaign for that fundraising first of all but I do have to say that there's a core team of 15 to 20 people Amy, Dylan Brian, Trisha Dave, Chris Ian Carter and a whole bunch of other people. And if I forgot you, I feel like I'm at a Golden Globe speech because I clearly <laughs> forgot someone. <laughs> I'm going to be so upset at who I forgot. Put it in the comments who I, can, who I forgot. Oh, my God. Oh my thank God. you so much for this. I need to thank. Uh, and I know I've forgotten some people. And I'm so sorry. No, no but, but clearly they are the core team. They are the workhorses. They are volunteers. We're not even an organization. And this core group of 15 to 20 people just knocked it out of the park. And then Dre, our sound guy, is doing it for such a little bit amount of money. And he's the one that's going to allow us to live stream. And Chris is the producer. And all of these people are just, and Krista is our food and wine person. And I would never do it. And they saw what I was trying to do. And they jumped on my ship that I was probably sinking because I kept having too many brilliant ideas and um, they got me straight. But I do want to say something. You know how you're talking about those people who talk and don't do anything? Mm -hmm. I was that person up until a year ago. So what I'm saying to people is eventually you wake up and you realize what you're supposed to do, whatever that is. So don't judge yourself or others. I'm not saying that you, but I'm saying give yourself a break wake up and see what you're supposed to do in this journey for freedom because it doesn't matter what you did in the past because it's the present and that's why it's called the present because it's a gift right so we just move forward from that point because i was one of those people just in a very few months ago and and again yes you're right anybody anybody out there that is one of the people who's like oh we need to do something but then doesn't 
all of them have the ability to take the reins on an event. If they have an idea, just run with it, do it, and you will get people who will give you ideas. And if you like them, go with them. If you don't like them, don't. But you have the ability to put something like this together to spread the message. And again, anybody that does this, I respect them. I, I love it. I love seeing people just take... Uh, I love people who are out there trying to spread the message of liberty and they're taking the reins and they're doing everything that they can. And to all of them, to anybody out there that does it, th and to you specifically because you're on my show, um, thank you so much for doing it. Because um, it's, it's absolutely amazing what you have put together here. Um, and if somebody doesn't get video of Spike Cohen running a 5k, <laughs> I'm going to be really upset because well, I'll talk to Chris, our producer and see if he's going to do any uh, clips from the 5k, but also we should talk about what you do for the Liberty movement, right? Because this is your passion, right? So clearly I would be talking to, uh, dead airspace if you weren't here for me that's, yeah, uh, that's so I mean so it wouldn't really be so clearly your role and your passion is part of your journey for the liberty movement that is obviously needed right so I mean we can't discount your profound role and I'm so grateful that you do this and and um, I I, uh, I honestly I appreciate it um years ago do I want to tell yeah, I'll tell this story. Uh, when I was young, like 13, I <laughs> learned about Rush Limbaugh. And I started listening to Rush Limbaugh at the age of 13. My dad had never heard of him. And he was just like, what are you, why are you listening to talk radio? And I was like, oh, it's Rush. And he was like, okay. So he started listening to Rush to make sure that Basically, he wasn't like your Alex Jones type. Um, he wanted to make sure that he wasn't like an Alex Jones conspiracy theorist. I don't know if Alex Jones was around back then. But um, like, I listened to Rush. I would record it while I was at work or while I was at school. And then I would play it when I got home. Like that was my homework for my own self. And I wanted to do what he did. I wanted to be on the radio and I wanted to talk politics. Um at the time, neocon politics, but I was 13 and I did not learn or <laughs> I did not learn about libertarianism until I was older. Um, and I actually have an autographed picture of Rush Limbaugh on the on my wall right here made out to me. <laughs> um, my uncle, uh. my uncle was a uh, actually I think he still is uh, editorial cartoonist who met Rush Limbaugh on a number of occasions, and he got me the autographed picture for my 16th birthday. And I was like, this is what I want to do. And years later, somebody came to me with the idea of doing a podcast, and I was like, no, I don't want to do that. And in my, the, like the back of my head was like, this is exactly what you want to do. Don't lie to yourself. And five, you know, four and a half years later now, I've created Muddied Waters Media and Spike Cohen and is with me and uh, we actually have some new shows that are going to be joining us soon and uh, I honestly can't be happier about being able to spread the Liberty message in the way that I have been able to over the course of this time. Yeah, and we're all so incredibly grateful and there's nothing but uh, more positives as we go onward in this movement. 
Um, but clearly we have to have a place to talk about this movement and thank God for you and others um, who are doing this. So um, it's just uh, amazing when people uh, stop and process and get rid of the fear and see what their journey is supposed to do and be, right? right? Then you find your true passion and then you're Absolutely. able to be successful out because it's something that, you know, I can be a very spiritual person. It's what your soul compelled you to do, right? Right, exactly. You knew that it was the truth. Yeah, you knew that it was your truth. And that's a wonderful thing when people figure that out. So, no, it's, so and, and honestly, it is... I've, I've said multiple times that uh, Tuesday's show is like my therapy. If we don't have a show on Tuesday where it's the Muddied Waters of Freedom with me and Spike, like, that's my therapy. Like, that's like, if I don't have that, I just feel anxious the rest of the week, no matter what. Sarah's sitting in the corner over here just nodding her head going, yeah, yeah. like, you guys need to have a show every Tuesday or else I'm going to murder you. Um <laughs> But yeah, like that's my therapy. It, it it gets me through and it like that is what calms me down and gets me uh, going for the rest of the week. This show is a wonderful passion project and I love every guest that I have on here and I love learning about everything that they come on to talk about. Um, and the guests like you, uh, you and Jen Moore and uh, everybody else that I've had on the show have been fascinating and I've loved learning about everything and I love that I have given them a platform to teach other people. Um, but, you know, I was I was also the guy, I wouldn't plan the events, but I was there, like I was knocking on doors and I was uh, writing articles about, like I was that guy too because I wanted to be involved. It wasn't until I started doing this that I was like, this is definitely where I'm supposed to be. Um, but it's not saying that anybody, no matter what your passion is in the libertarian and the liberty movement, um, not just libertarian, but just the liberty movement, no matter what your passion is, there's not one right way and one, you know, in wrong ways. If you're like me and you want to do this, do this. There are people that do this that are fantastic. There are people that I think do it so much better than I do it. Um, and I listen to their shows regularly. Uh, and if you are somebody who wants to be an event planner and plan things like uh, like Liberty Speaks that's going on June 4th from 1 o'clock till 9 o'clock, uh, you can absolutely do that. And that is what's right for you. And it's about you finding whatever your passion is for spreading the word of liberty and getting it out there. Um, there, like, there is no right way and there is no wrong way. It is about what works best for you as an individual. Yeah, and you find the people around you that collectively drive you towards success and uh, spreading uh, the message, and uh, it becomes a community of empowered people. And, you know, I feel like, you know, through this extension, I feel closer to you, um, you know, and I think that there's a lot of good that we can do in this world. And, Absolutely. Uh, you know, it can be painful. Some of our journeys can be painful to get to this part, but, you know, what in life is not worth it if you don't have to at least fight for it a little bit, right? Exactly. And a lot of people think that Muddied Waters Media has been a cakewalk. <laughs> no, it hasn't. It, like, it has been a, a straight labor of love for me to want to make this work so I can continue to spread the message. Uh, there have been times that I've wanted to quit. There have been times that I have almost given up. There were times that I almost said you know what, like, I'm just going to give this entire thing away to somebody else and they can try to make it work because I'm not the right person. 
And the longer I have stuck with it, the more I know that one, I'm never giving this thing up. And uh, two, like this is exactly where I am supposed to be. Um, and it's it's amazing to be here. And uh, I hope that you, I, I obviously hope that you feel the same way about the work that you are doing up there in Delaware. Yeah, and Libby Speaks is very important. I also am incredibly passionate about taking care of my patients. I'm very close and very dedicated. As a doctor, I suppose that's good. I think that should be prerequisite. Yeah, I mean, uh, sometimes I see some very complicated and tough cases, and I, I cry. I do cry sometimes for my patients, uh, but uh, we... Uh, always find ways to help people. So, um, but I'm a sappy empath anyway. So right. we, we like, we like to cry anyway. So <laughs> it's all good. Fair. You yeah. Know, uh, I used to go to Delaware every summer for vacation when I was, a, when I was a kid. Um, really? Yeah. We, we went to a uh, Rehoboth. Of course you did. <laughs> yeah. Uh, we went to Rehoboth and the absolute worst and only jellyfish things I've ever gotten. Oh, in August. Yeah. 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 Oh, Delaware, sorry about that. We hope <laughs> you come back. <laughs> yeah, I like. I did not know what a jellyfish was. Like I'd heard about uh, it, like, but I was like, yeah, yeah, okay, whatever, and jumped into jumped into the water there in Rehoboth, and I was like, what feels like my legs are on fire, because that's yeah. weird, and. Then it was oh just kind of like gosh. all the way down, and we went to like a Safeway or something, and they went, "Oh, the jellyfish got you, huh?" And we, my parents were yeah. like, "Yeah, what do we put on that?" Well, didn't you watch the Friends episode? This was before. This was before <laughs> that. Uh, and do you know the Friends? I episode do know the Friends. Yes, I, I do know the Friends episode. Does that actually work? I thought that was just like a myth. Um, actually, I haven't checked, but I'm a Friends fanatic and. Now I have this vision of you and Rosa Chandler. Like, it's all bad. <laughs> jo- Joey Tribbiani urinating on was my it leg. Joey? Yeah, was it was Joey. Joey? It was I God, I hate that I know that much about friends. But yes, it was Joey that <laughs> urinated on her leg. Um, well, I mean, I've never, I mean, I think in August there are some jellyfish problems. Um, but, you know, Felton is like 25 minutes, 30 minutes from Rehoboth. Fair. I could be wrong. My sense of direction is terrible. <laughs> right. God help us. I fly, I'm going to fly planes. But anyway, moving along. Um, so uh, the event is the event is uh, next Friday, June 4th, one o'clock till nine o'clock. You have you are speaking. Jen Moore, Steve Sheets, Sam, uh, Sam Chick, Glenn Watson, Christy Dill Brownlee. Uh, Dale Thomas, Mitch Denham, Anthony Samaroff, who is the master of time, space, and the universe, Angela McArdle, Michael Heiss, Maj Tori, and uh, some guy named Spike Cohen. Um, I am going to be putting the event right now into the comments. Uh, so if anybody is going to be in the Delaware, Philadelphia, in the tri-state, quad-state region, um, you can uh, register for the event at that link on Eventbrite that I just put in the comments. Uh, if you are listening to this on audio later, uh, it is in the show notes uh, below. Um, so you can also register there. And it looked like this looks like it's going to be an amazing event. And again, people, 
send money via PayPal to muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com. Yes. And if we raise enough, I will be at that event as well. Um, yes, with your lovely wife. <laughs> with my lovely with my lovely wife. Um, you should see the like the look she's giving me is like it's like a cartoon character who's like trying to hold in her excitement. It's yeah. I, when that happened on Facebook, I started to explain to my staff, but like it's so hard for them to like yeah the podcast that you're on. You know, it's just like and the event that I'm planning, just like. They call me Dr. Matt. They're like, oh my gosh, Dr. Matt, what are you up to? It's so, it's so funny. And shout out to the speakers. Thank you. I'm so grateful for you coming. Libertarian Party of Delaware, the caucus, Michael Heiss, you are amazing. Um, and all the other speakers. I'm so looking forward to meeting some of these people. So thank you. So no, much. absolutely. The the list of people that you've got here, like I would love to sit down and talk with many of them. And uh you know, just get to know what they have to say about uh, a lot of different things. Uh, well, that's the thing. We have Liberty Eats on Sunday. It's at Dave Casey's place, Wheelie's, um, in the northern part of the state. And it's um, a brunch from 10 to 2 for speakers that are still around. And the way I envision it is um, all of us speaking around the Liberty table, eating at uh, Dave Casey's place, uh, Wheelie's. And um, so if you come... You come for the weekend and then you can hang out with the locals. And I know Spike is going to be there at least for the first two hours. I confirmed that with Brian. Very cool. And so you can come to Liberty Eats on Sunday. The convention is on Saturday, same venue from 12 to 5. And then we have an awesome dinner from 5 to 7, um, which is our convention dinner with Spike and Tasha. There's tickets available if you go to Libertarian Party of Delaware. And is maybe this the Dancing with Liberty thing? Dancing with Liberty is the wine label. You can pre-purchase wine bottles that okay. have that awesome picture of Spike and Tasha. And so there's a two different types of wines that you can pre-purchase and pick up at the event. Um, and um, it's just absolutely, Ryan did the graphics for that and he was just absolutely spectacular. Um, and then um, I think that... Um, Everybody is just going to have a great time, and we're going to talk about liberty. And um, just so grateful for everybody who stepped up to no, make absolutely. this event possible. And um, I really want everybody to donate to what is it for you, Matt? What are we donating to to get you here? Uh, via PayPal, uh, muddiedwatersmedia at gmail.com. And if enough money is raised, I will fly to Delaware to be at this event. Oh my gosh, I'm obsessed with that. And when I get obsessed with something, you know how it goes. <laughs> I'm gonna have to like call my boss next Thursday, be like, they raised enough money. I'm sorry, I have to go. Like I know she's watching right now, and I'm gonna be like, sorry, I'm not gonna be at work tomorrow. Um, I'll talk. To, I'll talk to her. <laughs> <laughs> I'm convinced. I'm a convincing human. I've, I've done a lot of work recently. I'm certain she'd be like, well, that's fine. Just you know, make. Well, it tell up. her to come too. <laughs> Just get all of the, fl I don't want to say where I work, uh, just get everybody I work with to come up to go there. Um, yeah, you could stay at my house, but I mean, the, it's going to be my uh, couches that we coin at this point. I keep right. inviting people to stay at my house, which is probably where the after party will be <laughs> because I keep saying that, but uh, it'll be fun. Uh, all right. Well, 
we are like way like we're over time uh which i'm so sorry no you are you are fine you are fine i've I've been enjoying this conversation it's the only like if i wasn't enjoying the conversation we wouldn't have gone over time uh yeah well i enjoyed it too no you sorry oh you are fine um you have been a blast to have on uh you have an energy about you like i'm not like one of those energy kava drinkers um, but you have an energy about you that is, uh, it, it's electric, it's intoxicating and you, Sarah says she loves you, um, which that I love you too, Sarah, <laughs> but yeah, you have an energy about you that just like gets people excited about things. And I can't wait to see what is going to happen with Liberty Speaks, uh, you know, next week and in the future. And I hope that this grows and I hope that, uh, you know, we have, if I'm not there next Friday, obviously, um, but I hope that we have enough people, like you have, that it grows and that it just continues to uh, spread the message because I think that you could do a fantastic job at being uh, an arbiter of the message of liberty. Oh, thank you so much. I really appreciate your kind words. So grateful for this opportunity. So nice to kind of meet you and um, glad to have made a new friend. No, absolutely. So grateful. Thank I, you. I am really glad yeah. that you are my friend as well. I have to do the sign off. Uh, if you want to hang out for a second, I'll talk to you afterwards. Uh, okay, sure. Okay. And uh, to everybody else that is out there, you get to see Joe Solosky because I always forget to turn that off. Um, thank you guys so much for tuning in. I do appreciate it. Let me really quick. I don't know why I never put this in the notes. Let's check what's going on next week. We know that next Tuesday, Spike and I will have our normal podcast Tuesday at 8 p.m. ish, well, 8 ish p.m. Uh, Eastern. Uh, and we have Liz Terwiller. Ter- Terwilliger, Liz Terwilliger uh, coming on. She's running for Pennsylvania's 12th Congre- Congressional District. Uh, and so she's going to be on at the beginning of the show. And then after her, Spike and I will go on to do our normal show. Uh, Spike has nobody yet listed, so maybe somebody. And then I have... Oh, sweet. I've got Ari, uh, Ari Gabrick coming on. Uh, that's going to be awesome. Looking forward to talking with him. Um, that's going to be a really great conversation. So tune in next Thursday for the writer's block with Ari Grabeck. Uh, and until then, remember fun fact of the week, the most expensive cheese in the world comes from a donkey and it costs $600 for a kilo. So, So until next week, have a great weekend. I am Matt Wright, and you are perfect the way you are. I am. I am. I am swinging from a seven-story window. Throwing parties in a ten-by-seven cell. It's a stunning the legs I'll go. To convince the whole damn world I don't need anybody's help.
places broadcast in the evening news. I will be Yeah. Hey. 